Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, a daily rundown of all things Vice. It's Wednesday, March 21st. I'm Chris Hurdy. Today, we're taking a sobering look at the recent death of the very last male northern white rhino in the world. But first, the headlines. Facebook's chief information security officer, Alex Stamos, reportedly plans to leave the company by August. He's thought to have been unhappy with Facebook's lack of transparency about Russia-related matters. While Stamos initially defended Facebook after it was revealed that Cambridge Analytica misused data from up to 50 million accounts, he has since deleted his tweets. After officially requesting bankruptcy protection, the company Harvey Weinstein co-founded released Weinstein's victims and witnesses from all non-disclosure agreements. This revocation is expected to help pave the way for Weinstein's possible criminal prosecution. And... Package exploded at a FedEx building outside San Antonio early Tuesday morning, wounding one employee. Authorities said the blast might be linked to the four bombings in Austin. And now here's the news you won't get anywhere else. Conservationists have been desperately trying to preserve northern white rhinos, a subspecies of white rhinoceros. But their population had been declining rapidly over the last decade because of poaching. On Monday, the last male northern white rhino in the world died in Kenya. And there are only two females left. Here's Vice's Ankita Rao speaking with motherboard writer Kaylee Rogers about the story. We've got some sad news today. The last northern white male rhinoceros has died. How bad is this? So this is a real bummer because now there's only two northern white rhinos left. They're both female they're both pretty old, and they're both infertile. So except for a one very small, long-shot opportunity, basically this is the end of this subspecies. And I'm guessing this is our fault, meaning humans. 100% this is our fault. I mean, sometimes it's, it can be kind of ambiguous, but with rhinos specifically, it's very clear that poaching has accelerated their decline a crazy amount and the demand for ivory which is in their horns has gone up and so poaching has gone up and that's just decimated so many of these species of rhino. So this particular rhino, his name is Sudan tell me a little bit about where he was being held and protected So he lived at a nature preserve in Kenya. He was actually born in the wild and they were able to find him when he was three years old and bring him into captivity. He's the last wild born northern white rhino ever. And so they brought him into captivity. He was protected by armed guards, like very valuable last of his species, managed to mate him with one female. So he had a daughter. And then because there was no other females, they mated him with his daughter. So he has a daughter slash granddaughter as well. Those are the two females left. And that was it. That's the that's the whole of the subspecies as far as we know. There's nothing else left. So very valuable, very precious of this animal that could just be completely wiped off the face of the earth in a few years. So now there's his daughter and his granddaughter. 
living. They're both aging. They're both infertile. This is the end. The only thing, the only thing that could save them is the fact that they have preserved eggs and semen from this subspecies. And I keep saying subspecies because the white rhino is one species and the southern white rhino is like the other half, like their cousins, the other subspecies. And they're the most plentiful subspecies of rhino on the planet. Still a small population, but it's about 20,000, which means if they could find a way to do in vitro fertilization with rhinos, they could take some of that preserved semen and eggs, mix them together, and then a southern white rhino female would be able to carry the baby to term. So it would still be a northern white rhino purebred, but it would just be carried by a southern white rhino female. The problem is that IVF is really tricky to do, like, period. And we haven't been able to figure out how to do it with most animals. And we've tried to do it with rhinos in the past, and it just hasn't worked. So they need to really nail down a very successful process. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to, to make use of this specimen that we've, we've saved. And if they, you know, if they think they've got it and they haven't, then we would waste what we've got and then we'd be totally out of luck. What kind of impact does this news have on, obviously, conservationists are up in arms and unhappy about it, but on sort of the broader public, does it put any more pressure on us to further curb poaching activities? Do people care? I think the one good thing is that when a sort of big insular singular event like this happens, it does spark people's attention. So even though there was only one male white northern rhino left, nobody cared about it till he died. Okay, now he's gone. Now everybody's paying attention. The news was everywhere, you know, in places that you don't always see conservation news. So people do pay attention when there's like a big moment like this, which can be really helpful in just raising awareness, in getting people to support efforts to reduce poaching and and support laws in their state and in their country to make ivory illegal. China's made big steps towards trying to outlaw both legal and illegal ivory. So illegal is when you go to Africa and poach an animal and then sell it. Legal is when you have like an old piano from 200 years ago that has ivory in it. You want to sell it. China wants to make it illegal for all that. So if you have an old piano with ivory, you just have to keep it like too bad. Because a lot of the time, the, the legal ivory trade actually acts as a cover for the illegal ivory trade. Obviously, it's kind of hard to tell the difference between old ivory and new ivory. And so we are seeing progress and we are seeing countries taking initiative. But if the public doesn't care and if we're apathetic, then they're not going to continue down that path. So having a big event like this that sort of awakens people's attention is a good way to get people on board and, and pushing and making sure that we continue this way. Are there other species of rhinoceroses that are in danger like Sudan was? Yes. I mean, all all rhinos, every species of rhino is either threatened or, or endangered. So it depends on the species. But the javan rhino, for example, is down to just 60 of the species, as far as I can tell. You know, these are estimates. And there's a lot of other kinds of animals that are facing similar statistics and other plants that are facing similar statistics. So we have a lot of species that are sort of on the brink. And a lot of times they get overlooked. You know, the fact that this is a rhinoceros, like this is an ABC animal. This is something everybody knows. Everybody has seen in a zoo. Everybody loves these big, beautiful animals. And even then we can't seem to protect them. So how are we going to be able to protect, you know, the little insect that is getting wiped out somewhere or the tiny, ugly fish that nobody cares about? For the average person like me or you, 
who is upset about this and doesn't want to see many more of these things happen in our lifetime, what's the best way of going about getting involved with it? I would say two things. First of all, check out your local laws. You know, in the United States, it depends by state, and some states have banned ivory trade and others haven't. Some have banned it but aren't following through with that, and so you can still go to Times Square and find a bunch of ivory products. So petitioning your local politicians, calling them, saying, this is something that matters to me, we need to crack down and be serious about it, that's a really good way to get involved. And then, you know, looking into different organizations that spend their whole days on this, there's lots of wildlife and conservation groups. Do a little research, find one that that makes sense to you, and you can donate money or donate time and, and try to support them in that way because they're able to actually go on the ground and make a difference in the areas where the animals live. To read the full article, go to motherboard.vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. And tune in again tomorrow for another Vice Guide to Right Now. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was, like, wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. Like you were real different. Bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout season two, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.